Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Last week, we were um, ministered on the topic of living by faith. And how many know that the life of faith is something we are called to live? It's not a suggestion, but it is our calling in life. We have the scripture in Romans chapter 117, for, for in it the gospel, this is Romans 117, for in it the gospel, or for in, the, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And I know we were, last week we were talking about this life of faith we've been called to, uh, to live this, and it's not a church thing, it's a life thing, it's a life of faith. Do you know that every area of your life, God's got something to say about it? Every area of your life, God's got something to say. The Word of God has principles that you're to live your life by. How we live our lives, what thoughts we have, how we raise our families. Everything we do, there is a life of faith that we've been called to live. There's no higher calling than that. I said there's no, are you out there this morning? There's no higher calling than that and than the life of faith. Amen. We know that's how we please him. That's how we look like him. That's how the things of the kingdom of God get done. That's how his will, the will of God in heaven is done on earth is by not just by him willing it, but by his sons and daughters, his representatives living that life, living a kingdom life, a life of faith while we're here. Amen. That's our job. That's, that's our calling in life. That's our calling while we're here is to live a life, by, a life of faith. Go over to Galatians chapter 2 in the 20th verse. Galatians chapter 2. And we're not going to talk about this this morning in, in, in necessarily, but I just want to remind you of this in Galatians 2, the 20th verse. I'll wait till you're there. Waiting for pages to stop turning. Galatians 2, 20. It says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Anybody thankful that Christ lives in you? Are you thankful that this life you live is, it's a God life? He said, he said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many know this wasn't just something that, that Paul wrote so that we could be proud of Paul? Oh, Paul, he, he, it's no longer he who lives, but Christ who lives in him. The life he lives now in the flesh, he lives by the faith of the Lord Jesus. Well, way to go, Paul. No, it was also a mandate and instruction to us to live by faith in every area of life. I mean, we've got to be intentional for that to happen. Every one of us have got to be intentional that we're living by the right thing in accordance to the right thing and letting the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ set our standards. Amen? And it's such an important thing that we do. I tell you, God will get in there and partner with you in this life of faith. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do this alone. Amen? You can do this in partnership with God. Amen? So the life of faith is such an important thing. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about the other side of this and just want to encourage us to make sure that we're uh, being careful in a few areas. Go over to Mark, the fifth chapter. I want to look at Mark chapter five. Are you going to help me this morning? You know, we've got, we've got a lot of things uh, kind of rolling around and we've got to pick and choose what are the right things to say. We want to get exactly what God has for us today. He's got something specific, but I need your help this morning. It's not just up to me, it's us up together, right? It's our responsibility together to get this out. In Mark chapter 5, you've got the account of, um, 
uh, Jairus uh, coming to Jesus. His daughter was sick at home. And, and uh, in uh, uh, Mark chapter 5, in the 23rd verse, speaking of Jairus, that he begged him, Jesus earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, or healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Then it has the account of the uh, woman with the issue of blood that came in. She had had an ailment that had lasted for many, many years, and she had gone to all the doctors and had suffered many things for a lot of physicians and wasn't any better but grew worse. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. I tell you what, a strong confession of faith is so important. That's a part of living by faith. Amy was talking this morning about making sure you're saying the right things. Make sure the words that come out of here are words of faith. Never speak doubt. Never speak destruction. Never speak death. Never speak lack or sickness. Amen. So she was speaking life. If I can just touch the clothes of his garment, I'll, the hem of his garment, I'll be, I'll be healed. Of course she did and was. Amen. And so the, in the, 30, the 34th verse, of course, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Then in verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and says, said to him, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? How many of you know there are times in life you hear some news that, aren't great, that isn't great news? How many of you think this is probably the worst news that he probably could hear at that moment? Your daughter is not just sick, but now your daughter's dead. Don't trouble him anymore. Just leave him alone. In the 36th verse, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said to the rulers of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Can I tell you this this morning? God is still saying today, do not be afraid, only believe. I want to talk to you this morning. The title is Fear Not. And, um, you know, we live in a time right now where there is a lot of fear that's being spread, a lot of fear. I think of, of, of all of the things that have gone on in 2020, you know, I, I've said this before, I am thankful for 2020. You know, when these things first started going on, you're like, the joke was, you know, oh, in 2020, I think there was the calendar, the memes out that every month of the year, you know, had, uh, had on the calendar, instead of a picture of a, of a, of a nice sunset on the calendar, July, you know, was a tornado or, and then the next month, you know, instead of a, a nice river stream, it was some other calamity, you know, 2020, all this crazy stuff's going on. And, and, you know, in, in the natural, it's been a trying year. It's been a lot of stuff that's gone on. Uh, but you know, I'll say this, it's not by accident. These things are happening. We always have to remember when the enemy is trying stuff it's because he's responding to what God's doing. He's trying to stop the plan of God. We will not be moved. We will not be shaken by these things. But in the midst of this, this, uh, this element of fear has been prevalent everywhere. Fear has been the commodity in a thing that has driven much of what's gone on this year. And um, it is the plan of the enemy that, that we live by fear, that we're motivated by fear. But as believers, we need to stand against that and beware of the enemy's tactics. I know uh, back in uh, when we first came inside or after when the pandemic first started, pastor ministered on fear and, uh, and brought these things up, and it was good. I want to remind us again today that we need not live by fear. We need not be motivated by fear. We need not let fear have any place in us. It's interesting, Steve and I, brother Steve and I, we didn't talk this morning. What was the theme this morning of the songs we were singing, of the praise we were giving to God? It was about God being a big God, that God being able to do whatever we needed him to do, right? That God is greater, bigger. We are magnifying him. Fear wants to magnify something else. And we need to make sure we're standing against these things. Now, there is a type of fear, and I'm just going to mention it, godly fear. If you were here uh, on Sunday nights, 
Uh, in the past, I've talked about, uh, we were looking at Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, speaking of Noah, it said that Noah was moved by godly fear. And he's actually commended by, about, uh, uh, for having godly fear. The Bible says that godly fear is the beginning of wisdom. So there is a, a fear, and it's not a cowardling fear or a, a scared fear. It's a reverential fear, right? It's kind of like electricity. I don't fear electricity, but I am respectful of it right? I want to make sure that I handle it the right way, that I give it the honor and the respect that it's due. We've changed lights around here. I'm the guy that will check the breaker not once, not twice, not even three times. I mean, I'll go out. I'm going to go check it one more time. And I go to do the work. And then I'm going to go check the breaker in case Kendra, because, you know, she can be shady sometimes. I'm going to go back and check the breaker, you know, and, and make sure that she didn't do something. I want to make sure that, why? Because I have a, a healthy fear or respect for electricity. Well, we need to have a healthy respect. It's called a godly fear for who he is. You know, when we don't reverence him and have a proper fear of God, we really don't know who he is, nor can we participate with who he is. The Bible says that godly fear is the beginning of of wisdom. We need this in our life. Amen. I tell you, godly fear will affect how you live. But we're not talking about that this morning. We're talking about the other side, the negative side of fear. And fear is not something that comes from God. It's not a good thing. Like I said, this year, you know, there's been so much has been said and there's been so much fear that's gone on. We've had the pandemic. Now we've got uh, all the uh, uh, social unrest that's going on and, and uh, we've had fears just been sold. How many know that the, that the world system is based upon fear? It is based upon fear. You know, I said earlier or last week we were talking about the just shall live by faith. We've been called to a life of faith. Faith is, what, is how we go about our business of life. Fear is how the world goes about the business of life. We've got a scripture in, um, like I said, I've got a lot of things uh, going on here that, that we can talk about, but I want to make sure we, we kind of follow my heart. First Peter chapter 5, I want you to look at this verse, First Peter the 5th chapter. We need to be aware of these things so we can live free from them, amen, and not fall for the enemy's trap. In First Peter the 5th chapter, We've got a description here that uh, Peter writes and gives us of our adversary. How I many know we do have an adversary? Now, he is a powerless adversary, but he's an adversary nonetheless, and we need to know who he is. And in First Peter, the fifth chapter, in uh, verse 8, it's, well, we'll start in verse 6 because this is the best place to start. It says, uh, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. How I many know God wants to exalt us? Casting, casting all your care upon him, for he cares about you. Aren't you glad to know that God cares about you? I'm so glad he does more than, it's not, not just a caring from a distance, it's a caring very much up close and personal. It's a, it's a very involved kind of caring. He said, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast in the faith. So it gives us this picture, Paul, uh, Peter rather, gives us this imagery and this picture of, of the enemy and how he, our adversary, how he goes about and represents himself. I made a slide, if you can put it up, of a lion. Now you've got a, a lion here. How many know that that is not the most comforting thing to see roaming around? You know, Pastor and I, last year in 2019, we went to, uh, and we were done with the, the crusade in Zambia, we met up with Pastor DeFin in uh, Johannesburg on our way home, and, and uh, we went out to eat, had a great, a great lunch, and then uh, he took us to a lion preserve outside of Johannesburg. And, um, you know, when, 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 I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, in the car, 
driving through, we were, we weren't, they weren't behind glass or anything. It wasn't like a zoo setting. You actually were in your car, went through a gate and you were actually driving around with the lions and they were within feet of you. And, and, um, you know, they were sitting around, laying around in the middle of the day. I put pictures up and I think people said, were those dead lions? No, they were just sleeping lions. And we actually got a chance to pet the lions, some babies, not big ones, but some babies and, uh, uh some lion cubs. And that was really cool. But as we're riding around, you know, these lions, when they were laying down, they looked soft and cuddly. Uh, there was big signs everywhere at the place, you know, not to open your car, not to get out of your car, because they'd had people that would get out to go take pictures of the lions because they looked so peaceful. I'm going to hop out and get a closer picture of a lion. How many know those people aren't with us today? Literally, those people got eaten very quickly because they would go from sleeping to eating at a drop of a hat. And so uh, they looked very peaceful. And you could almost be... Uh, uh, come to the place where you might believe that these things are trustworthy. And some people would even roll their windows down. They said, don't roll your windows down because if they see a face, they will go after that face. If it's a car, they won't. The window, they don't, there's nothing behind it. Uh, they don't really think of a person being back there. But if they see your face, they'll go after you. So don't do that. But these were laying down sleeping lions. I didn't see any doing that. I, if I were to have seen that, I would have had no temptation to get out of the car. The enemy projects himself as a roaring lion. What is his purpose? It's to instill fear. You're not afraid of a sleeping lion. You're not afraid of a, of a, a stuffed lion. You're afraid of a roaring lion. It, it, and you ought to be concerned. If there's a, you know, how many saw the news last week? There was a, uh, uh, a tiger loose somewhere in Knoxville. Did y'all see that? They had a sightings of a tiger outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, if we, if I were, we were just there a few weeks before that. There would have been no hiking while we were there if there was a tiger roaming around. You ought not be out there when those, those, those kind of animals are roaming around. I put up another picture. He uses the imagery of a roaring lion. He didn't have this kind of a, a cat, a little baby kitty with a little pudgy belly. That doesn't instill fear. They're both cats, both have claws. One instills fear, one does not. The enemy wants us to think he's big and bad and scary. Life wants us to feel and to be motivated by fear. You can take that down. I lost half of you. You're like, oh, look, cute kitty. He's so cute. By the way, we found a cat up here this morning. If you just look just like that, if you want a little cat, because it's in my trunk right now in a box. So please come see Amy after service and take it home with you. So no, the, the, the enemy wants you to be afraid of him, wants you to live by fear. Life wants you to live in fear. It's, it's the tool the enemy uses. He knows he has nothing on us, but he wants to make us afraid of him. Life is the, in life, this is the tactic the enemy uses is fear. This year we have heard so much stuff. I remember when the COVID virus was, was in the height of its, of its um, uh, 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 paranoia and all, of, all over the news. You, know, you have to be careful what you're listening to. You got to be careful what you're living on, what you're feeding on. I know people still that are afraid to go out of their house because all they do is listen to the wrong thing. Now we'll say it's a disease and we don't want anybody to die. But at the same point, we shouldn't live in fear with these things. I remember when all this was going on, they had a news story about a 45 year old guy, father of four. It was a bodybuilder. So he was my age, had kids, not, you know, I don't have that many kids, thank the Lord, but only three. So he has a father of four, a bodybuilder like me, you know, in perfect health. I'm not a bodybuilder, but in perfect health, you know, and that he had contracted COVID, had no issues, contracted COVID in a matter of days, he died. And I remember when I heard that on the news, what happened immediately, there's this, this 
this sense, this fear tried to come over me. Had, did anybody else experience some of that during that time? Just a few of us, the rest of y'all are perfect. I get it. Uh, so I remember that this, this sense of dread tried to get a hold of me. Well, he's 45 in good health. You're 45 in good health. What is that? This fear, if it can happen to him, it can happen to me. You know, the news didn't talk about, it talked about this one 45-year-old. And that's a tragedy. And, and, of course, we don't know what else was going on in his life. We don't know. I don't know. And that's a tragic thing that a 45-year-old passed away from COVID. It's terrible. I mean, God's not behind that. God's not the author of these things. He doesn't, he's not pro-death. Amen. He's not for it. It's of the enemy. But, you know, the news ran that story. I remember seeing it, and it was on all the different stations. It was on news feeds and things that came up. And, but, you know, I noticed they didn't run all the other stories of all the other 45-year-olds in the country that didn't have COVID, that didn't die, that were doing just fine. Why? Because good news doesn't sell in the world we live in. Fear sells in the world we live in. When I worked uh, before, before I came on staff here at the church full-time, I worked for Citibank, and I worked in the mortgage uh, area, lending area, uh, and this was pre the crash, you know, of 2008. This was in the 2000, uh, or actually 99 to uh, 2003, and I worked for them. Of course, you know, Citibank was owned by a, an insurance company, Travelers Insurance, and so they, they did mortgages, and, uh, but one of the things they did was they pushed insurance products attached to your loans, and they were more interested or equally as interested in us making loans as as, as they were equally as inter- interested in us selling insurance policies as they were in it, us selling loans and, and, and writing loans. And one of the things was Credit Life, and they gave us this whole spiel of things to go to and all the things that could possibly happen to the borrower. You get hit by a bus, this could happen, you could get a disease, you could, this could happen. All of these terrible things and these examples of all these people, the calamity hit them and how this insurance paid their loan off. And whether or not you have credit life is, is not the point. My point is, it was what was used to motivate people to do something. And to be honest with you, I just refused to do it. Why? Because mo- fear should not be our motivator in life. I'm not a child of the devil. I'm a child of God. God doesn't use fear to motivate us. But that is the motivation and the tactic that this world system uses is one of fear. And it's done on purpose, and we need to resist it. Fear is faith in the wrong God. Fear is faith in the wrong God. The just shall live by faith. The unjust also live by faith, but it's called fear. Go over with me to uh, 1 Timothy. Uh, 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is scripture that we know, but I want you to look at it. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. We need to be aware of this. We ought not let fear into our lives. It is not fun. It is not okay to watch scary movies. It is not okay to dwell on scary things. And I say that because people do it and they think it's all fun and games. You are opening yourself up to something that you not ought, ought not open yourself up to. In First uh, or Second Timothy 1, verse 7, scripture we know, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Amplified says, for, you did not, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and, well, and a well-balanced mind and a disciplined and discipline and self-control. But notice, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit, it is a spiritual thing. Now, I know a lot of times people have this, uh, they're, they're, people tend to run into this where they want to spiritualize everything. 
And you can get into error by trying to spiritualize everything in life, but fear is a spiritual force. Faith is spiritual. Fear is spiritual. And we need to avoid this. Fear is faith in the wrong God. Now, we know that faith in Hebrews chapter 11, when it tells us the definition of faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, of not, things not seen. Fear is also the a faith of, of things not seen. The evidence, it's, it's an evidence of things hoped for or not wanted and things not seen. You know, it's true that most things people fear in life, they never experience. Most things people fear in life, they never experience. You know, I've told the story, it's, I've told it many times, and it's because it's just a funny story. You know, back years ago, you've heard tell me this. I went to the um, Big Shoals State Park. I was going to, went to go see somebody, and on the, way, my, on the way home, I decided to stop off at the Big Shoals State Park. And I had been watching before that, just the day before, I had been watching a documentary on uh, National Geographic or something like that about a guy uh, that had gone out into the, uh, into the woods somewhere out west in Utah, Colorado, and he was doing some hiking, and um, as he was going along, he, he, long story short, he was being stalked by a mountain lion. I mean, you know, that's probably not the best hike, right? Not the hike he was hoping for, right? But he's out there hiking, and this, he realized that this mountain lion was stalking him, and, and he would walk a little further and turn around, the, and the mountain lion was a little closer, frozen in its path, you know, but a little closer to him. And so he would walk on a little bit more and turn around, and the, the mountain lion's even closer to him just standing still looking at him. And eventually the mountain lion overtook him and had him by the head and was biting on him. I probably should have turned it off. But anyway, I watched the whole thing. And in, in this guy's particular case, he cried out to the Lord. He wasn't born again. He cried out to God. I was so gl- grateful that they aired this, you know. He cried out to God and, and, the, and the animal let go of him. And he's a, he's a believer today and he's serving God. And he just was testifying of God's protection in his life, right? Well, I had been watching this. And so I went to the, uh, to the Big Shoals uh, State Park. And uh, I'm out there walking and it was right at dusk. And I got down to the shoals and, and it was time for me to come back. Well, now the sun is starting to go down and I'm by myself and I really realized that I'm in a, I'm, it's getting a little late. I need to go. And so I'm walking my way back the mile, two, three miles, whatever it was back to the parking lot. And I started hearing noises in the woods. Has there been ever any been in the woods where you hear noises in the woods? Luke, you're in the woods all the time. Is it a place of noise? Many noises in the woods. And I've been in the woods other times where I've heard noises and didn't think twice about it. I didn't hear roaring just heard crackle, snap, crackle pops, you know, just like rice, rice crispy treat stuff going on, you know, just noises in the woods. And, and, um, I mean, I started to think about, well, it's probably just squirrel, but what if it's like a panther? What if it's a, what if it's a, what if it's a Florida panther? I mean, that mountain lion got that guy. I'm pretty tasty looking. So what if it's a, what if it's a, what if it's a, what if it's a Florida panther? And, and, and then I'm like, oh, no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Then I heard some more noises, and, I'm, and now I'm starting to look around. You know, you start looking around enough, you'll start seeing things. And so I'm looking around, is that a face sticking out of the tree? What is that? And, no, it's not. So I walk, and I'm walking a little faster. And so, you know, I would turn, stop, and I hear something else. I stop, and there's something there. And, and I'm, I, you know, I've joked before, I'm sure the squirrels thought it was hilarious to watch this, this guy run from them as they scurry around the trees. Before long, I'll be honest with you, I was in a full-out sprint. Was there a Florida panther there? Honestly, I have no idea. I don't think I outran him if he was there. I'm not that fast. Likely, there was not one that was there. But fear got the better of me. And even though there wasn't something there, the terror of it got a hold of me. The dread of it got a hold of me. 
Most things in life that people fear are never going to happen to them. But what does happen, you lose your joy and you lose your peace. And if the enemy can cause you to lose your joy and lose your peace, that's just as bad as the mountain lion get a hold of you. Because you have yielded yourself to a spiritual force that is there to rob and steal from you. We need to be careful about fear. I'm telling you, this year is not over. Just this week, we saw things, you know, we had a, had a Supreme Court justice that passed away. And immediately what is going on right now, that if they try to point somebody, and whether you believe that they ought to point somebody or not, and that's not what we're here to talk about, whether we agree with it or not, that when the threats start being made, if you do, we're going to burn the place down. What is that? That is fear. That is the culture of the world that we live in. That is the voice of the day, the age that we live in. We must resist it. Fear is a spiritual force. Go over to Job chapter 3, Job the third chapter. Job chapter 3. Now a lot can be said about Job, and if you've not read, read, read the book of Job recently, I would encourage you to do so. Now, there's a lot of good stuff in it. And a lot has been said about Job and the life of Job in, in this particular book that is incorrect. Uh, but, but I do want to point out one thing. In Job, the third chapter, in the 25th verse, this is Job three twenty-five. This was Job speaking. He said, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Notice this was something that Job had been fearing and dreading for quite a while. This was a past tense for a fear and dread, and it was something that he dreaded and feared greatly. And it says here, the very thing that he was fearing and dreading came upon him. Not only does fear rob us of our peace and our joy, but it actually opens the door for things to happen in our lives that is not the will of God. You know, I'll never forget when, when my dad was diagnosed back in 1996 with, uh, with cancer, um, you know, of course, it was something as a church, we believe in God and stand in, stand in faith with them and believe in God with them. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the first one. It's easier to tell on me than it is to tell on somebody else. But I was, Amy and I had just gotten married. I was 21 years old, just gotten married. And the thoughts began to come pretty quickly. Well, if this is going to happen to your dad, this could happen to you. And it was something that it wasn't a fear for right now, but it was a fear for tomorrow. It was a root of fear. The spirit of fear was trying to lay, get something sown into my life and, and to put something in my life to lay the groundwork for something happening that should never happen to me. Well, why did it happen to pastor? Well, the enemy, it, 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 tax, it likes to attack people, right? Of course, God delivered him out of it. But I was going to make sure that I didn't do, I didn't aid the enemy by fearing it, by getting into the spirit of fear without his concern, that if it happened to him, it could happen to me. No, I started, I started responding to it. I don't care who it happens to. It will never happen to me. I will never happen to why? Because Jesus died for that in my life. And so no sickness, no plague shall come near my dwelling and it will not happen to my life. And so I had to begin to answer fear, the spirit of fear with a spirit of faith. I had to let where a spirit of fear, a life of fear, and a lifestyle of fear that tried to get a hold of me, I had to answer with a life of faith. No, I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to meditate on this. This is what I'm going to have. I'm going to have what God said that I'm going to have. We've got to make sure that we're living by faith and not allowing fear to drive us. Fear and faith do not mix. 
Fear, we'll say this way. I, I, put, I, I said this originally, I wrote this down. I said, fear and faith can't live in the same vessel. And really, that's not the truth. Fear and faith can li- live in the same vessel. You can be born of God and yet still be yielding to fear. But fear and faith don't work together. There's no fellowship between them. Corinthians says, what fellowship is there between light and dark? Well, the answer is none. What fellowship is there between Christ and Belial? There is none. What fellowship is there between faith and fear? There's no fellowship. We, I'm telling you, we cannot afford for this to get into the church. We're called to be a light to this generation in the midst of COVID, social unrest, whatever else 2020 and beyond may try to bring to us. We, we are to be a light to the situation, a beacon of truth, not a participant in what's going on. And we've got to be intentional about that. And in us, each of our lives, we've got a decision to make to either live by faith or to live by fear, motivated by fear. It's a decision that we have to make. There is no fellowship between the two. And that scripture goes on to say, come out of the dark. Come out of those things. We have to step out of the world system in the area of fear. It is being sold this year, like it's being sold every year. And there, as we get closer to the election, there'll be more things that are going on, more things that are being presented. We've got to resist this. Fear and faith, or fear rather, will try to dictate or control almost every area of our life. What we do, where we go, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. What relationships we establish or maintain what kind of careers we present or pursue and how we even present the gospel. Fear wants to control how we do this. Do you know fear wants to, to control how you present the gospel? Because if, you, if you're out there on your faith, you'll be attacked. Is that not being sold right now? We're in an area that if you're bold about your faith, you make yourself a target. Isn't that being presented right now? It absolutely is. Are we going to let that cause us to be silent? No, we can't afford to do this. This really is really where the, where the, the, ro- the rubber meets the road in our life. Living by faith or living by something else, the primary way the world operates is through a life of fear. I don't, I don't want to tithe because I, I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. I don't, want to, I don't want to stand up for what's right in my family because I'm afraid my kids won't like me. Right? I, I don't want to do this because it's going to cost me that. No, the enemy, the enemy is a liar. The enemy is a liar. We can trust God. We can trust God. I'm here to tell you this morning, you can trust God. No matter what's going on, you can trust God, but it's your responsibility to trust God. It's up to us what we believe in. It's up to us what faith we live in, whether it's the world's faith or the God kind of faith. It's up to us. Like I said, I had a lot of things kind of written down and things that, that we could talk about. But one of the, one of the things that I do want to mention is faith renders our prayers powerless. You know, one of the things that the Lord has called us as a church, where there's a call to prayer at our church. And, um, and every church has got things that they're called to do. And, and there's other things the Lord has, laid, has, has asked us to do. But, but we can't pray in fear. Today is, is the, is the uh, prayer for our nation is this afternoon. You know, we see things that are going on, and we have an election coming, on, coming up, and you see, of course, you know, the news is going to say a lot of stuff and give us a lot of bad pictures and a lot of images of what could happen, has not happened, but could happen. I mean, you know, the writing that's going on everywhere, the reason why they keep showing it every day 
is because it's not most places in the country, but they would like for it to be. Bad news sells better than good news, right? But when it comes to our prayer life, our prayers have got to be motivated. Prayer can cause you to pray, but it can't empower you to pray. What what did I say? Fear can cause you to pray, but not empower you to, to pray. Fear can push you to pray, but if it's not a prayer of faith, it won't do any good. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is the 10th chapter. I want you to look at uh, the 19th verse. So much of praying that goes on is not done from a position of faith. It's done from a position of fear. And God cannot honor that because it doesn't, it's not the right language. It's not coming from the right spirit. God can't respond to a spirit of fear that comes from the enemy. He cannot, he will never lower himself to, the, to, that, to that place. In, a, in a Hebrews, the 10th chapter, we're going to look here in the 19th verse. It says, Therefore, brethren, speaking to believers, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Notice verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Notice it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. It is impossible to draw near in a true heart when it's, when it's not full of faith. And if there's anything else in there, you are not full of faith. Our prayers must be done in faith. I want to encourage you. We're praying. There's much prayer to be done in the upcoming month, two months, month and a half before the election gets here for our nation and, and after. How I many know when it's over, we don't stop praying for our nation? I think it was Charles Finney had said, you know, uh, I forget the exact, the exact terms that he said, but he said, when you see, you know, corruption, basically, he said, blame the pulpits of America. Well, that, that applies to the church. When we see these things going on, it, it applies to us. We need to be praying for these things. But we never do it from a position of fear because it's looking so dark. No, we, we pray because we have the promise of God's word. We have the promise of God's word. We have an assurance of what he's told us. That's the position of prayer that we have to take. That's the position in life we must maintain. Fear is a spiritual thing that has to be resisted. We combat it by knowing that he's with us. We combat it by knowing what the scriptures say. I tell you, the word of God is our foundation. I said the word of God is our foundation. CNN, Fox, MSNBC, ABC, they're not our foundation. The word of God is our foundation. Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. It also says he'll prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He never says he'll get rid of our enemies that they won't exist, but he says in the midst of them, he'll prepare a table for us. We won't fear because he'll comfort us. He'll protect us. What you're looking at is everything. What you're feeding on is everything. What you're looking at is everything. What you're feeding on is everything. I tell you what, this life, the plans of the enemy has no more power than the power we give him. No power other than the power we give him. 
And like I said, I had a lot of different things written down. We're just touching on some highlights. I do want to say this. Don't let common sense become a hiding place for fear in your life. Don't let common sense become a hiding place for fear in your life. A lot of times the things we do that we say is just being common sense. If we're honest with ourselves, we're being motivated by fear. Right? And we say it's common sense. It's not. We need to make sure that, that, that our common sense comes from the Word of God and what He would tell us to do. We have to be a voice of faith to our generation. Go through Isaiah 53, what last scripture maybe that we'll look at, Isaiah 53. No promises, but possibly. It's one of the last. We're getting near the last scripture. We're in the vicinity of the last scripture, Isaiah 53. I wrote down the wrong verse. 35, not 53, 35. Transcribed it there. Let's see. Yeah, that's it. Isaiah 35. I love Isaiah 53. I read Isaiah 53 so much that I just wrote Isaiah 53. Talking about answering things, Isaiah 53 are scriptures that I use to answer when things present themselves. Right? You ought to be looking at Isaiah 53. But Isaiah 35, in the fourth verse, it says, Say... To those who are fear-hearted, fearfully hearted, fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong and do not fear. The, the fifth verse says, then the eyes of the Lord, then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. We've got to be a voice of, of, of faith and a voice of righteousness in the midst of many voices of fear. It's so important that we do this. But it's got to be a voice in your own life before it can be a voice in somebody else's life. Speak the truth of God's word and not the possible outcomes that it looks like could happen in, a, in our lives. I'd say it's such an important thing. We, I, just want, I want to encourage us this morning to make sure that we are resisting this spiritual force of fear and yielding ourselves to the spirit of faith. Live by faith. I'm here to tell you, no matter what's going on, God's got your answer. No matter what it looks like, God has got the way of escape, right? No weapon formed against us shall what? Shall prosper. No plague shall come near our dwelling, right? Speaking of the believer, it says that if they handle anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. What if we breathe something deadly? It'll by no means hurt us. So we've got to have an answer for these things, a thousand on our left. I mean, you may have a, a thousand may fall at our left and 10,000, whatever. It's not going to come near us. Why? Because there's greater is he who's with us than he who's with the world. There is an appropriate answer to have, but it's our choice on how do we answer these things. It's our choice on how do we answer these things. Let's make sure as sons and daughters of God, we're answering well. Let's make sure that we're not yielding to the spirit of fear, but we're yielding to the spirit of faith. Amen. I believe our best is ahead. Why? Because the Lord said so. Right? Yes, we have the, what Jesus said that in the last days we'll see these things happening. But what, what did he also say? Let not your heart be troubled. What did he tell Jair, Jairus? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Only believe. Can I say this? If he had feared, he would not have gotten his answer. He made a decision to obey that. His daughter lived. Jesus walking on the water to the disciples. They thought it was a ghost. Isn't that the natural course people go to? Think the very worst, right? 
What did he, what is the first thing he said to him? Don't be afraid. Fear not. Had they feared, he'd have walked right on by. They eliminated fear so Jesus could get in the boat with them. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.